0: We grieve when someone we love is taken in death, but we grieve differently from the way the world does. We do not grieve as those who have no hope. We can look forward to a wonderful reunion someday with them and with the one who died and lives for us. If he had remained dead, we would have nothing, nothing at all, no hope, no faith, no comfort. But we have a living Savior who transcended the laws of death and smashed them forever. This week on Connecting the Gap, we're going to continue our study on prophecies of the Bible, and we're going to get into the books of poetry this week, right after this. Welcome to another episode of Connecting the Gap. I'm Daniel Moore, your host. Thank you for joining me here this week. And I hope that you have had a blessed week so far as we are getting into December now, the last month of 2021. Christmas is right around the corner. Hard to believe it's just flown right on by. Uh, But we're going to be getting into the books of poetry this week here on Connecting the Gap as we continue our study on prophecies of the Bible. And this is based on a study by Damon Duck. Thank you for joining me today. Go to my website, Connecting the Gap. .net there you're going to find the links to my podcast also the links to my blog that I put out each week and you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel as well uh, please subscribe to all of those if you enjoy this podcast and my blog and just share um, just to, takes about 15 to 20 minutes each week to listen to my podcast and probably five minutes or so to read my blog each week. And it's just stuff that God's put on my heart that I just love to share with you. And I hope that you're you ble- that you're blessed by that um, as I put out the new material each and every week. As I mentioned last week, I have a new Facebook page for Connecting the Gap. I'm trying to separate it off of my personal profile. And you can find that at facebook.com slash online. Or you can also use at CTGap Online to get to it on Facebook as well. Please like my page and share it. And of course, just keep me in your prayers as I do this endeavor each week right here on Connecting the Gap. So, as I said earlier, we're going to be getting into the books of poetry. And we're going to be starting with the book of Job this week as we get into this week's podcast. So, let's just go ahead and get started. Poetry permeates the Bible. It has been suggested that perhaps as much as one-third of the Old Testament is Hebrew poetry. And Hebrews is another name for Israelites or the Jews. In fact, five of the Old Testament books, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, are almost entirely poetry and are often called the poetic books or the books of poetry. It's relevant to note that Hebrew poetry is not a series of verses that rhyme. Rather than ending lines with similar sounding words, Hebrew poetry instead repeats thoughts in varying ways. As we start this week, we're going to be in the book of Job. And Job knows a thing or two. We're going to talk about some prophecies and prophetic things that is written in the book of Job. We're going to start in chapter 19, and we're going to read verses 25 through 27. It says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, he shall stand at last on the earth, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. How my heart yearns within me. If you know the story of Job, at this point, Job lost everything that he had. He was very sick, and some of his friends were trying to encourage him by suggesting he concentrate on regaining his wealth and health. But Job was not thinking about temporal things or worldly, secular things. He was thinking about a resurrection, the dead coming back to life of the dead. And he reminded his friends of some very important truths. He was full of hope because he was convinced that he had a living Redeemer or a Deliverer, Jesus, one who at some point in the latter days will stand upon this earth. Job expected to die, to have his soul and spirit leave his body, and to have his flesh turn to dust. But after all that, he expected his soul and spirit to be in his flesh again and to see God with his own eyes. Job longed for this, and Job will be raised from the dead with the Old Testament saints in the resurrection of life. Our bodies will be destroyed, but we will receive new ones. A remarkable thing about the book of Job is the fact that many scholars believe it is the oldest book in the Bible. Some even suggest it was written before the flood. Three of the primary reasons for this include... Number one, Job never mentions Israel, Moses, the Ten Commandments, or anything of that likeness, leaving some experts to believe he lived before they existed. Number two, Job was a priest, but different from priest of Israel, signifying that he lived before the priesthood came into existence. And number three, Job was probably getting along in years by the time he had ten children. Then he lost everything he possessed regained it all, had 10 more children, and lived another 140 years after that. And you can read about all that in Job forty-two sixteen 16-17. By this time, he was probably several hundred years old, which would place him before the flood. This is striking evidence of a pre-flood belief in the bodily resurrection of the dead. Couple that with the pre-flood rapture of Enoch, in Genesis 5, 25 and Hebrews eleven five, 5, and it's evident that these doctrines go back to people who lived at the same time as Adam, who was created by God. How did Job know that he would be raised? That he has a redeemer? Could it be that he had a revelation or a hidden truth that was revealed to him from God? If not, it must have been common knowledge among believers in his lifetime. Now we're going to pass on over into the book of Psalms, and of course, Psalms is a pretty long book that is majorly attributed to David, and we're going to be going into uh, Psalms here as we continue our study. Psalms contains 150 different poems covering a variety of subjects such as the creation, the history of Israel, the birth of Christ, the second coming, the millennium, praise, thanksgiving, and repentance. Psalms are used in the rituals of both Judaism and Christianity, and they are quoted 186 times in the New Testament. That's just a few statistics about the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is not an ordinary book. It contains a number of verses that are widely recognized by scholars as prophecies related to the first coming of Christ. Because the verses are scattered throughout the book, a list of prophecies concerning the first coming of Christ and their New Testament fulfillment, I'm going to provide you here as we continue into Psalms. Number one prophecy is in Psalm 16, verse 10. It says, You will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. So the fulfillment of this he, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. That was in Acts two thirty-one 31-32. In Psalm 22, 1, the prophecy was, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me, and from the words of my groaning? The fulfillment of that prophecy was in Mark 15, verse 34. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Psalm 22, 6 through 8, the prophecy is, But I am a worm, and no man a reproach of men, and despised by people. All those who see me ridicule me, they shoot out the lip, They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. The fulfillment of that prophecy is in Matthew 27 39 43. Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priest also, mocking with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and he will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. The next prophecy in Psalms is in 22, 16 through 18. It says, Dogs or evil people similar to unclean animals, have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. For my clothing, they cast lots. The fulfillment of that prophecy was John 19.37. Another scripture says, They shall look on him whom they pierced. Next prophecy is in Psalm thirty one five, it says Into your hand I commit my spirit, you have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. The fulfillment to this one was Luke twenty three forty six. When Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. The next prophecy is in Psalm thirty four twenty. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. The fulfillment came in John nineteen thirty-three 33-36. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you may believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. The next prophecy is in Psalm thirty five, eleven. It says, Fierce witnesses rise up, they ask me things that I do not know. The fulfillment of that one is in Mark fourteen, fifty seven through fifty eight. Then some rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. The next prophecy in Psalms is in thirty eight. Verse 11, My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my relatives stand afar off. The fulfillment of this is in Matthew twenty-seven fifty-five 55-56. Many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were there looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. The next prophecy is in Psalm 41, 9. It says, Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. The fulfillment of that came in Matthew twenty-six, twenty 20-25. When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Jesus, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, You have said it. The next prophecy is in Psalm 69, verse 3. It says, I am weary with my crying, my throat is dry, my eyes fail while I wait for my God. They also gave me gall for my food, or it's a bitter juice, usually made from herbs, and for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. The fulfillment in this comes in Matthew 27:34. they have gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink, but when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Also, Matthew twenty-seven forty-eight. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a reed, and offered it to him to drink. The next prophecy is Psalm 109, 4. In return, of my, in return for my love, they are my accusers, but I give myself to prayer. The fulfillment of that prophecy in Psalms is John fifteen twenty three through 25. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. The next prophecy in Psalms is in one hundred nine twenty four through 25. It says, My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh is feeble from lack of fatness. I also have become a reproach to them. When they look at me, they shake their heads. The fulfillment to this one is in Matthew 27, 39. Those who pass by blasphemed him, wagging their heads. The next prophecy here in Psalms is 110, verse 1. It says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The fulfillment, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. These were all fulfilled at the first coming of Christ. That was Matthew twenty two, forty four. Arno Gabaline says, Our Lord used the Psalms in his public ministry, he silenced the tempting Pharisees by asking them a question from the 110th Psalm. Most likely in the night spent in prayer, he poured out his heart in the language of the Psalms. When he came to Jerusalem, he was welcomed by the glad shout, Hosanna to the Son of David. And when his enemies murmured, he referred them to the prediction of the 8th Psalm. The last word addressed to Jerusalem was a quotation from the book of Psalms, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That's Psalm one eighteen twenty six. We're going to go ahead and and stop it for this week as we've reached kind of our time frame here. As we've gotten started into Psalms, we have more coming from the book of Psalms as we continue our study on the prophecies of the Bible. Again, you go to my website, ConnectingTheGap.net. You can subscribe to my channels, and you can also get the links for my Facebook page, my Twitter. And also, there is a page on my website on how to get saved So if you uh, know someone that's needing the Lord, you can share that with them and maybe use that as a help to lead them to Christ. Well, I'm out of here for this week. I'll be back again next week as we continue our study of the books of poetry as we've gotten into Psalms. And uh, we'll go ahead and continue with that next week here on Connecting the Gap. Until then, don't forget that God's word never fails us. God's word has stood the test of time. And through Jesus' death on the cross, he has connected the gap.